0: Something that has made me feel very uncomfortable at times is talking about healing, more specifically when you're someone who God has chosen not to heal. And recently, I came across a passage that talked about healing, and I got a really weird feeling and got uncomfortable and almost a little frustrated. And I sat down and I really wanted to understand why I felt that way. And I ended up also hearing from some people recently, you know, all in God's timing, I don't think it was just a coincidence, but just talking about the church hurt that has surrounded people not being healed and being told that it's their faults or it's because they don't have enough faith. And it's caused a huge divide between the chronic illness community and the church. So today we're going to talk about the H word. We're going to talk about healing. And we are going to do that with my favorite pastor, who is here joining me again today. So I guess, as always, let's just dive right in. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically where every spoon you use has a purpose, and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. So I guess I should introduce you to my favorite pastor, who also happens to be my dad. He's been on here a couple times, but it's been a hot minute since you and I have sat down. And we have been dealing with, you know, my chronic illness and other things for 11 years now, which Mm -hmm. is a pretty long time. And there has been so much that has happened over these 11 years, but healing has definitely been a large topic of discussion, uh, through the past 11 years. And I would say as a family, God has really, um opened our eyes to many different things. I mean, I know as a pastor, you come across these issues and things, but you you had to experience it, I guess, in a little bit of a different way when your kid became sick.
1: Right. I mean, anytime you're in a pastoral role, you do find that there are, you know, people who God chooses to heal and those whom he doesn't. And it's, mm-hmm. it's difficult to understand why. And it's difficult for people to understand why. And, you know, it also... Depending on the type of church, it it can, you know, be an ego thing as well, where, Mm -hmm. you know, someone feels that they have the power of healing and they touch someone and they're not healed, then, well, there must be something with that person because, Mm -hmm. you know, it couldn't be me. That's unfortunate because it looks at scripture a bit skewed.
0: Yeah, and... There are so many stories like mine, so I guess we'll just start there. So I was in high school and I went to a Christian school and we had had a pastor come in and this was a time that I had relapsed significantly. I was just wrestling already with God and why he was allowing the suffering to continue, why treatments weren't working, just so many big things. And this pastor that was there happened to be, I'm assuming, talking about healing and whatnot. And I had been prayed over by the elders and all the scriptural things that, you know, we're told to do when we're praying for healing and asking the Lord to heal. And I wasn't healed. And this pastor, and it was a very small school, So it was something where it wasn't like this was a huge crowd, but I felt very, very singled out. And I don't know that that was that person's intention. That's just the way that it felt. But they had said, yeah, well, when you, when you haven't been healed, you need to look at things because if you've done the right things and you've been prayed over and whatnot, then it's your fault and you need to fix a sin that you're working on because you should be healed. And I actually stood up in the middle of chapel and walked out. I called my dad in the hallway crying and I just remember telling you that I needed you to come get me and I need to come home. And I had no idea as, I mean, I was probably 14, 15 years old, maybe. That was a huge just separation in my life from the lord and caused so much harm and hurt and honestly just it did so much damage
1: right and it it was uh knowing the the pastor who did it it was more of an ignorance on their part Mm -hmm. because uh I don't think that the person is ill-intentioned. Yeah, I agree. Or specifically tries to hurt anyone, but he is a health and wealth pastor. and does... Which is,
0: uh, for those that are not um, aware of what we mean, uh, when we say health and wealth, we're talking about prosperity gospel teaching. Right, just it's, to it's someone who... Put that there
1: you know, you come to Jesus and he's going to give you everything you need. He's going to give you your health and he's going to give you money and provision and anything that is on your heart uh, is is a part of the prosperity gospel. Often the people who prosper most through that are the pastors who are getting people to give lots of money in order for them to be a part of it because that's, that is a part of the expectation is Mm -hmm. that with the you know you'll have to you know you give more to get more kind of thing and so there there are some real challenges to that view scripturally and one of the significant ones is the issue of healing because Mm -hmm. it looks at things through a lens of God wants everyone to have their best life now and therefore if you give your life to him and you just do what he says and you give to the church and you uh, try to be a good person then God's going to give you health and he's going to help you prosper and it looks at things from a physical standpoint not from a spiritual standpoint and often the prosperity and the health that we're talking about is spiritual not necessarily physical although it could be but there are plenty of cases in scripture where we see people not being healed, people being used in the midst of pain and suffering in order to do what God needs them to do.
0: It shook my whole faith in standing. When someone has not been healed, there's already a lot of wrestling between them and God on their own. And to have someone after that in the middle of already trying to reconcile this on my own I'm thinking the worst already and to have someone insinuate that this was my fault or because I didn't have enough faith and whatnot. I mean it truly broke me it didn't just hurt me I mean you know you are a pastor and you want God's will but I feel like that issue and what happened because healing was not talked about in a graceful compassionate manner to say the least right i mean that shook things up kind of for our whole family it wasn't just that 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 incident didn't just affect me i have to imagine it affected you guys as parents
1: it did it did um it affected us i think in many ways more over seeing the challenge that it was bringing for you you know there comes a point at which you know we wrestle with God for our kids but there's a time when we need to hand them over and just try to help pray them through what they're going through and and to be there to support and you know one of the biggest things scripturally is you know speaking the truth in love Mm -hmm. and uh, unfortunately lots of people like to speak the truth but it's not often done in love and really that's when you find that it causes more harm than good.
0: Well, and something that really helped me reconcile this as I I got older was in John 9, where Jesus and his disciples are walking and, you know, the disciples ask him, what did this man do or what did his parents do to make him disabled in this way? And Jesus is very quick. In my mind, I imagine Jesus going, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. We need to discuss this.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's clear that as soon as they say it, he, he makes it very clear that this isn't the case. And I think the reason it comes out is because this is the way things were viewed, especially in that culture. If someone was sick, if someone had a long-term illness or something going on, it was assumed that someone had sinned in order to make them get to that place. So Uh, Jesus in John 9, 3 says, neither this man nor his parents have sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, in this particular case, God healed him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's not always the case. But but here you see that, but it's this, this thought that, okay, well, if there's an illness, if there's something going on, well, there must have been sin. And Jesus is like, no, you're not looking at things the right way. You're looking at it from a human perspective. And one of the challenges now is that we see in some ways, we've gone back to some of those uh, pharisaical views. And, and here's a place where, as we were talking before the okay. podcast, I said, we do need to be careful because I do believe that there are situations where there can be either sin in someone's life or you know, there could be an issue of lack of faith and that could cause a problem but so often it's it's okay well if this then that and we kind of look at those you know the the charts with the yes and no and mm-hmm. you know it's oh if yes go this way if no go this way it's like okay well if not healed well then what is the case and and the piece that seems to be missing it's like people at times like to they see their options as option a or option b and they don't realize that there could be an option c So in this case, they're kind of saying, okay, well, so Jesus, which is, is it option A, that the man's parents sinned? Or is it option B, this man sinned, that he was born blind, or that they knew he was going to sin, and that's why he was born blind. And Jesus goes, but you're missing a door. You know, you're, you're missing another option. And that is maybe this illness is there or has been allowed to happen because the power of God can be seen through it. And ultimately, I think one of the things that we need to understand is that illness and injury and death came through sin, Mm -hmm. the ultimate sin. I mean, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, They brought death and illness and all of these things into the world. So at times people look at God, why did you allow this to happen to me? Well, this is a part of the sin condition. This is a part of the fallen world, unfortunately. And good people get hurt Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: good people suffer.
0: And he makes that clear to us in his word. Like, Jesus says it so clearly. You will face trials and sorrows of many kinds. Like, we don't even have to guess. It is a Jesus said and let us know this is what we have to expect in this world on this side of heaven.
1: But the piece that's there is that, you know, he says that he'll always be with us. Mm Mm-hmm and then you know so we have the peace where he'll always be with us you Now, one of the passages that i really love in scripture is when when we look at lazarus being raised mm-hmm. and everyone talks about lazarus being raised from the dead but the piece before that is as jesus goes and he sees everyone around and they're all weeping and it it talks about him having compassion and this is you know the shortest verse, verse in the bible jesus wept but it gives us an understanding as to his heart so you know, I share this with you now, because if you're sitting there and you're hurting and you're suffering, I want you to know that Jesus is hurting, too. Mm-hmm. I can picture him there with you, weeping alongside you, because this is a part of the sin condition. Yet in the end, the desire is that all will come to salvation. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise, we would you know, give our lives to Jesus and he'd just take us up to heaven with him and we'd be over with this life. But there are people who still need to hear and you may have a very significant part in that. There may be someone who needs to see the love of Christ through you. There's someone who might need to know or hear your witness. So God says, you know, the easiest thing would be to remove you from the situation. But you know what? There's someone else who I love deeply and they need to hear that I love them. And you know what? You are the perfect person to do that through.
0: And I think you're right. I think that's missing a lot of the time because that's something that I wish I had kind of come to understand sooner was that he he is broken for me over this issue and with me and beside me. And there are times when you're grieving And the best thing that you can do for somebody is just sit with them. And kind of weep with them and just let them know that Mm -hmm. they're not alone in this and you don't have to have all the answers you don't have to fix it but there is something so powerful of just being able to sit with someone in their grief as my mentor likes to say come sit with me on the morning bench and do that and that is what Jesus is doing we have to like you were saying when we approach the subject Mm -hmm. of healing we can't just solely have truth we need grace and love and compassion to come alongside that.
1: Right. And, you know, as we look at this, this idea of examples, I was recently reading through Galatians and as I read the passage, it it really stood out to me in a way that it hadn't before. So I actually took a snapshot of it and I sent it to Cassie. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was from Galatians four, uh, verses 13 and 14. It says, as you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial for you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I was an angel of God, as if I was Christ Himself. And you know, as we look at that in connection with Second Corinthians 12 and Galatians was written, they they believe somewhere 53, 54 A.D. Second Corinthians probably somewhere around 55 A.D. So they're all on the same window. That the passage in Second Corinthians talks about the fact that, and and many people have heard it. If you've uh, wrestled with this area, someone has probably shared with you this idea that, you know, for Paul, he's this, you know, many would call him the super apostle. A, mm-hmm. a third of the Bible was written by him. And he talks about in Second Corinthians 12, that he had seen all these amazing things, and God had done these amazing things through him. He goes, starting in verse 7, Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then he turns around and talks about how we will boast more gladly in his weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest in him or on him. And in looking at this, the the reason we bring this up is that here Paul is talking about having an illness to having something going on. There's something that caused him great pain and suffering. And it was ongoing to the point at which he pleaded with God that God would take it away. And I believe the reason that we're not told what the thorn in the flesh is, is because each one of us has a different thorn in the flesh. Mm -hmm. We all have something that we plead with God to take away sometimes he says yes and sometimes he does it but there are times when I believe he's saying not yet and through that it is my grace is sufficient for you my power is made perfect in your weakness so it's like if you're strong you don't need me but you know what if you're weak I can use you even more and in a more powerful way
0: And that's so, so beautiful because one of the things that I always think of in this, um, I've talked about it a lot here on the podcast, is the fact that, you know, I've gotten the criticism, oh, well, you're too joyful to be sick. And I actually wear that as a badge of honor now in the sense of saying, yeah, I have something that should make me absolutely miserable and just waiting for death to come, right? So that I can just go to heaven, but I'm able to use his joy as my strength and that is showing him because only Jesus could allow someone who was suffering of any kind of suffering to still live in joy as they watched their body fail them Mm -hmm. and what I was thinking about too in regards to this passage because I also until you had mentioned it today I really hadn't thought much about Galatians 4 and it was just as you were reading it it was making me think you know even though my illness was a trial to you what I actually feel like it's almost saying there and this is again just my thoughts It's not just saying that, like, my illness was a burden, but as people, we don't like to see others suffer. It's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable to watch someone suffer. And I think when you have a chronic illness, whether it's progressive or it's not, like, anything that is going to be chronic, long-term suffering that makes people uncomfortable that's why you know people just love to throw out well have you tried yoga have you tried this have you tried this because i actually think deep down that person doesn't want to see you suffer and they want to just have anything that they can give to fix it so that even if they don't know you they don't want to see you suffer and it makes them uncomfortable to wrestle with that thought of this is never going to go away like unless unless God heals you this is never going to go away so i actually think that a lot of the times that people push healing it's not just solely the fact that a pastor is being ignorant i think there's a push also from the community of the church to say, well, we've got to pray for healing. Let's go to this healing service or this one or this one. And I remember there was someone who was persistent um, in saying that I needed to go to their church, that specific service to be healed and was pushing and pushing and pushing. And I said to the person, I said, I'm not going and I just need you to know I'm not. And they could not let it go. And the fact that I was like, no, I'm good. Because I was like, look, I know that Jesus can heal me, but he has chosen not to. And I can still live a life worth living in Jesus, even when God says no. And I wonder if that is what Paul is talking about there of almost saying, even though my illness was a trial to you, maybe what he's also kind of saying there is, even though as a church, you wanted healing for me so greatly, you Accepted me and you treated me and loved me well while I was here And I don't know if that's truly what he's talking about there, but that's what it makes me think of
1: well And just you know in looking at it It is it is clear that whatever was going on was difficult for them to deal with so Paul understands this concept Of the other people uh, seeing him suffer and how it affects them as well one of the beautiful things we see here is this Galatian church where it talks about they didn't treat him with contempt or scorn. You, know, you can almost put in they, you know, they didn't force him to go to their own healing service. Now, instead, they welcomed him as if he were an angel of God. And, and how different might it be for people if you know, those in the chronic illness community were coming into churches and people were treating them as if they were an angel of God instead of someone who was tormented by Satan, as as some seem to feel that the situation is.
0: And it's easy to just say, well, we did all the right things, so it's up to you now. Clearly, like, we can't help you anymore. Like, this is an issue between you and God. And as you had said earlier, it is important for us to know that sometimes that can be the case. But I really do think more often than not, it has to do with God just saying not yet. And I say not yet rather than no, because as a believer, I know that when I get to heaven, he is going to heal me. Mm -hmm. And I know that maybe healing is not going to be on this side of heaven, but I do know in the next life it will be. And I have that assurance that that's where it's going to be. But I also know that it's very easy to feel very cast off and to just feel like, well, you're too much of a burden. I mean, I have been blessed to get to know so many of you through this podcast and the stories that I have heard about people that you know they they get diagnosed with a chronic illness and those first few months while they're sick the church gives them great support and then it's like oh you're not better yet oh you're still sick and there's an there's this lack of understanding, and that's a human problem, not a church problem. I want to make that really, really clear, but I do wonder what things would be like if people didn't have to worry about going to church and having everyone want to heal them. I mean, uh, there have been, you know, pre-COVID and pre-honestly me getting a lot sicker when I was in church, um, and this wasn't at my dad's church, this was at our current church, and someone came up to me, I've never met before placed their hands on me which for multiple reasons that we don't have time to get into that's really not appropriate to do to anybody but they just laid their hands on me and they prayed for healing and then literally walked away I have no I didn't even know the person's name like nothing and it brought up all these feelings of God saying no to me all over again there are so many people that have left the church because other people aren't willing to accept that the Lord has said in this lifetime or in this season.
1: Not yet. Yeah. Now, the nice thing is that you see in Revelation twenty-one four, it says He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. So that means that that the pain and suffering that you're going through is only for a season. Mm-hmm. Now that season may be this lifetime, mm-hmm. but when this season is over, whatever it is, it, whether it's a, a day, a week, a month, or a year, or the rest of your life, there will come a point when that's gone and, and Jesus says, you know, when you come to me and you look to me and you allow me to walk with you and to be there, I will help comfort you. I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. And there will come a day when things are going to be completely different, when you will be healed. But as we said, it it just may not be during this lifetime. But in that point, you know, we look at this life and just how long time goes. But the reality is in the scope of eternity, this life is very brief. Even a 100 years is but a blink of an eye compared to eternity.
0: And it may not feel that way. No. And I think there is not a person on this earth that has not at some point within the past six months said, Lord Jesus, come quickly. In a literal meaning of please, please come. But while we're in this season, we can still worship the Lord when he has chosen not to heal us yet. I think of it as that prayer that I have talked about so many times, but it is the prayer that I cling to, which is I can do hard things for you, Lord, even this. And that has become like my personal anthem of being able to say, Lord, I can endure this suffering as hard as this is and I can do that and worship you at the same time so I can bring that suffering to you even the hardest of things and I can do it with your strength I can continue to worship in this way and you know we don't want to leave you from this conversation of saying, yes, I identify exactly with what you guys are talking about and feeling, but what do I do? What do I do with this conversation? And there's no exact formula to say, follow these steps, and it's all going to be totally fine. But I do think one of the most important things that you can do is invite Jesus into your suffering. And that's kind of where that prayer comes in of I can do hard things for you, Lord, even this in bringing him into it and knowing that he is, he is here. He doesn't want to just be a part of our lives for the good things. He wants to be here for all of the things.
1: Well, in conversing with him may be in a tone that, you know, when you have someone you love and you're suffering, you often, you know, lash out. I mean, there are times when I know that cassie would go and you know i remember times when she'd like dad could i go over to church and we lived in the just...
0: parsonage to be fair so we live we literally right are like 20 steps from the church uh
1: and she would go and, and she'd want to make sure i wasn't there because she was going to she needed to speak candidly with god and uh which,
0: but... <laughs> which meant i literally went into the sanctuary and i yelled and had a conversation
1: with the Lord. But yelling is okay. And and conversing, if you're suffering, if you're in pain, if you're going through a trial, it is okay. Read through the Psalms. The Psalms are often David crying out, screaming at God with regards to what's going on in his life. Just not understanding. But in the end of it, he always came back to knowing that God was there and that God is good. Even in the midst of this difficult thing that he's going through and that that's where his trust needed to be. So the greatest thing that you can do is start talking to God. Even if the talking right now is more of a yelling or, you know, you're you're sharing your frustration with him, he wants to hear from you. And he doesn't want to just hear from you because he knows how you're feeling. He knows your heart. He knows what's in your mind. So don't be afraid to share that with him because he already knows if you to go, well, you know, I really want to yell and scream, but you know, it is God. So I should temper it back. He, he created you with emotion and he wants to talk to you. He wants to converse with you. So as you do that, share, but if you can, if you think of it, try to give a moment at the end and give him the opportunity to talk back.
0: Yep. And if you want to hear more on that thought process together, we did an episode. um, It was season one, episode 38, where we talked all about, you know, this is not what I prayed for and how God can handle your anger and your emotion. And we go really deep into that. Um, If you want to take a listen, I'll link it in the show notes. But dad, I'm so grateful that you were able to come on here and discuss this because healing is not an easy topic. It can be uncomfortable. It can be a challenging topic to discuss. And so I thank you for being willing to come on here and well, just talk about
1: this. And, and just as a, a final thought, God does desire to heal you, but it might not be physically. Yep. It might be emotionally. It might be spiritually. So even if the physical peace doesn't come, he desires to heal your heart if you'll let him
0: and i can attest to that that when people have said you know when they talk about healing um a common response nowadays that i actually give is oh yeah i've been healed and if someone looks at me they're probably looking at me going no you haven't um i don't know what you're talking about but the lord has healed my heart there's a relationship that i have with him in a way that i never would have had and so i may not be physically healed. But there is a healing that has happened in my heart that has changed. And it took a very long time to get there, but that's where I'm at. And it is something, get to know Jesus for yourself, Mm -hmm. head into his word. Don't just hear it from us. Don't take our word for it. Don't take another person's word, go into the word to hear directly from him. Mm -hmm. And as we go, um, we would love To just be able to pray with you and over you to end here.
1: Lord, we're talking about a difficult topic. And Lord, I know that there are many who are listening right now that are suffering. They have physical ailments, maybe they have emotional ailments. And Lord, it it breaks my heart to think that the church has not been there for them. But one thing we know, Lord, is that uh, the church is made up of human beings. And human beings fail, but you never fail. Lord, I pray that you would wrap your loving arms around the people who are there, Lord, that as they hear this, Lord, that they might just feel your presence. Lord, I pray that you would, if they don't already, that you'd help them find a place where they can find that love, where they can find that peace in you. And Lord, that they might look to you and find you because you say that uh, we will find you if we seek you with all of our heart. So Lord, if there... If they don't even know anything about you, Lord, I just pray that you would work through this to have them seek you, that they might come to know you and to know that peace which can only come from you. And Lord, if it is your will that you would heal, if not physically, then emotionally and spiritually. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. And if you want to find us or our pup bandit, who you might have heard a little jingling from, you can find my dad's blog linked in the show notes. And we would love to continue this discussion with you if you want to continue to do that. So
1: remember that no matter what happens with you physically, God loves you. He created you. You are beautiful and he desires to use you
0: even with an illness like this. Friends, as our time here comes to an end, I want you to know that the resources don't stop here. At livingthechronicillnesslife.com, you can find blog posts, videos, the Grace and Goals interactive resource library, free downloads, and even these episodes right here to help you continue cultivating an intentional life right where you are, no matter how uncertain the season. Whether you're working to build an intentional life with your daily habits, planting a garden, setting goals, or simply resting well, you can cultivate an intentional life. Head to livingthechronicillnesslife.com to access all of these resources, and I'll see you next week.